welcome to the vlogging pod. Today we are joined by Adam Stark, author of The World's Worst Murder Detective. Hello, Adam. How are you today? Great. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Welcome, everyone, to the room. Um, I had to start a few things, so I didn't notice everybody enter, so my apologies. <laughs> Usually, I'm a little more on the board with that. Um, so, as usual, Adam, I did a little bit of um, investigating into your past. <laughs> Wonderful. Does that scare you or delight you? Delight. Wonderful. Um, so tell me about the 12th largest state in the U.S., Minnesota. Well, you know, I love it and hate it at the same time. It's got everything I want and everything I hate all in one place. <laughs> oh, okay. So tell me about the loves first. Well, me personally, I do love all the seasons. I get to, I, I can find ways to have fun in any season. Some people absolutely hate that, but man, is it a lot of labor at the same time. Like you got to ice your cars all the time, <laughs> get the ice <laughs> off, stuff like that. <laughs> well, I can relate. I do, we live in Ohio, so we do get a little bit of the ice. So I can relate. Okay. So tell me, is that just one of the hates the whole winter or? Just the, the maintenance stuff, but I, I do like to have fun in the winter. I mean, I'll, I'll go sledding and do all sorts of stuff I probably shouldn't do at my age, but do anyway. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Okay, so were you born and raised there? Or yes. Okay, okay. You were born and raised there. All right. Okay, so like a usual, like I said, I did a little bit of research, and I realized you were married in September of 2013. Correct. And yes. three short later, three short, <laughs> no, I can't talk, three short years later, you published Going Live in 3-2 what? Yes. Ex explain to me the challenge explain to me as if i'm totally ignorant okay as if i've never wrote a book in my life <laughs> <laughs> explain to me the support of family as a writer well um i'll tell you the the sad part about this is it was really my grandmother and she passed on so okay. she absolutely loved books she's she's read more books than anybody i have ever met in my life uh, it got to the point where she would like fold a page in, in the book at the library so we know that she read it. And there was a point in time when we couldn't find one that she hadn't read. <laughs> in your so, own personal library or yes. like? No, no. I mean at the public library at our city. <laughs> like when we go to – because she likes specific. She likes either romance stuff, which I don't care for, or mystery stuff, which I love. And – at one point, we we were just it took us forever to find something she hadn't read, so it was like that was the best support because it was really cool to hear from her, someone who's read so much in her lifetime. So it was like the most honest, critical possible help I could have gotten. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so. Your grandmother, she's still with us? No, she unfortunately oh, passed on. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear about that. 
So sure. your grandmother was your your real supporter. How did the rest of the family um, perceive you as a writer? I mean, after all this time doing other things and all of a sudden you're switching it up. I mean, was it a total sticker shock? Were they like, oh, man, you can't do that? Or were they like, oh, yeah, you go for it. You have the skill set. Well, I, I think the, the thing is they get lost in the <laughs> the public library of things I've done because I probably – make like, I don't know, four to five whole songs a year and just random skits and stuff. And then if I have a book, it's like once every two years. So it's very easy to get lost that, oh yeah, he did make a book last year. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> it happened like that, I would say. Right. Okay. So you say it takes you two years to write a book. So are, are do you do no, no, novels or are they more novellas and you just take your time to do you research and nurture or which is that? So for, I wanted to make each book entirely a different experience with the exception of the world's worst murder detective series. I did not plan on making a sequel, but something hit me and I went with my instincts and said, yeah, I got to make a sequel <laughs> on that one. Okay. Okay. So, no matter your support or struggles that you have published, um, you went ahead and pushed yourself to publish six books from 2016 to 2019. Do I have that right? Yes, correct. Okay. okay. Um, which would you say that stands out more for you as a writer? Oh, um, definitely the comedy books the these ones because it you can see most of myself in the character the main character powan okay so that is your detective series that you're saying is a comedy yes okay all right okay and i should say too i always forget that i did my first book in 2016 because i started <laughs> writing it in 2015 it took me a year which is the longest it ever took me and so I always think in my head it was 2015, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, going live in three, two, what? Yes. Um, let me, just because you mentioned it, I, this wasn't where I was going, but I always like to let the interview take us wherever we're going to go. And since you mentioned it, um, this is Jack. Now, I'm going to mispronounce the last name. Ray, racing? racing? Racine. Racine Anchorage has a master degree on his wall collecting dust. He lives alone in the middle of nowhere. He hosts a radio podcast. Huh? What? What? A <laughs> <laughs> show that caught the attention of some very dangerous people. However, a very unlikely person comes to help and tells Jack the cold, hard truth. The investigating Jack was doing is a very serious threat to everyone. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. So, um, I have the advantage of I have read so many books in my life, too many, and mm -hmm. I've seen way too many movies, more than I ever should, to be honest. And so having seen all of these, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to make a book, because this is my first one, granted, I said, I'm going to make it, and it's not going to remind you of anything else for that reason alone, because I've seen it all. So I didn't want it to remind you of, oh, this reminds me of the twist from this book or this movie or whatever. No, I wanted to make sure to get it right. And so I worked really hard on making 
action sequences that are very detailed, but they won't remind you of all oh, the boring ones you get all the time from other movies that sometimes it's like monotonous and you're just used to it. It's like not even new anymore, you know, when you see the new blockbuster movie of the year or whatever. And so I worked really hard on making them very original, but I also worked really hard on making this as suspenseful as I possibly could. Good. Um, if you go back and you watch this video, I cringe a little bit. That's not because of you. <laughs> there's there's some thunder going on, and I don't know if you can hear it, but it's really loud. <laughs> um, you probably well, since you you didn't react, so you probably didn't hear it. <laughs> but trust me, you can hear it on my side. Okay, so speaking of your writing, let's slow a bit of a talk about your process. I hear you write the ending first. I mean, yes. how does that how does that work for you? I'm like, I was like, what? He does what? <laughs> yes, it, it is a funny uh, coincidence. That's how I write most of my songs too. Um, see, my second book, I wasn't even planning on making a second book. I was just going to make my one book and just to say I did it and be proud of it and then shut up about it. But literally, I was working one night. And, and I, I thought, whoa, I was like, this ending I just thought of, this is a good ending. I was like, I need to make another book now and write a story about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you just, you just kind of work backwards? I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I, that astounds me. That astounds me. Um, okay, so tell me about, like, I mean, do you, okay, so you write the ending out. Do you use a storyboard? Do you put the ending in the center and then just kind of focus around that? Well, so what I do is I take my digital notepad on my phone, um, whatever phone I have at the time anyway, and I, I will literally write down just briefly every idea I have that I do not want to forget to put somewhere in the book. And, and the ending is always going to be on the bottom because it's like where I start, you know, and right. then I just indent, go upward and et cetera. I used to do a storyboard um, way back when I first started with my very first series. And Somehow, somewhere along the line, it kind of just got discarded. I think I might still have it around here somewhere. It was just like a white cardboard, and I had all the post-it notes everywhere. So that's why I specifically asked, because I wanted to know how that worked for you. If like it made it easier to focus and go into the ending better or what? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I always feel like the ending to me is if the ending is bad, then it puts a downer on the movie. It's like automatically the movie could be great, but then it's going to get a B if the ending sucks. And I always strive for those really amazing Alfred Hitchcock type of endings. I always try and just make it an astounding experience right at the end, especially. <laughs> right. I can see that. I mean, if it has a bad ending, I'm going to be like, oh, that just sucked. But when I'm reading a book... Um, if it doesn't have enough in the beginning to pull me in, I, I, I it just loses my interest right at the beginning. Do you know what I mean? That's if it, true. 
so it depends but everyone's different some people like everything set up and slowly moving along in the story i prefer a lot of action to grab me and pull me in and you're like what the beep beep just happened (laughs) (laughs) yes for sure so i found a quote from you in 2016 do you mind if i repeat it oh absolutely by all means okay um i go for something that cannot be explained. Now, this was referring to your cover work. Does this still hold true or is the, has the years changed this opinion? So I, I, one thing I've always lived by when it comes to good movies and books, not even just saying my own, but I always say usually, not always, but usually if it takes you more than one sentence to describe how good it is, and to explain the story and the plot, the motifs, etc., it's probably amazing. And so I like to give people that depth of you've really got to think and, you know, read between the lines here when it comes to something Adam Stark is putting out. Okay, so with that in mind, tell me what we're seeing on this cover on the world's worst murder detective. Oh, okay, so... Yeah, coincidentally, this would be the most simplistic cover of okay. all of my, But it's uh, just to show you right away, you know you're getting into something funky when you got... I always Photoshop myself in every cover of my book. That's a given. But I also put in this one very specifically, ear with a line through it, so you know he's got a hearing problem. And then a brain with a line through it, so you know he's not the smartest. And then, of course, you got the mug shot that shows you, okay, there's a lot to tell here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is different. I mean, have you found that making your covers unique like this brings more of an interest to your book? That is my hope. Uh, I think so, but I, I can't judge, I guess, but I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we really can do, right? Right. Um, let's see. Okay. I noticed something else. Um, you have a favorite book. Well, you had a list of them, but one that I was most curious about was 1984. Can you elaborate to me why that is your favorite? Yes, because, uh, and first of all, anybody listening, don't watch the movie, please, (laughs) for the love of God. Don't watch the movie 1984. It does not do it justice at all. But it's really crazy about all the things that George Orwell said that has uh, come true. Most of them, unfortunately, come true. But there's just so many things in there, so many just, just astonishing predictions and things. And this was written in the 30s. It's it's mind-blowing how much of the things he said came to fruition. And it was also a book that my dear friend Jeff showed me. He passed away. But he showed me this, and, and my life changed. I was like, oh, my word. Okay. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about the plot of the book. I mean, give me a little more details about 1984. I'll tell you, to be honest, it was like nine years ago <laughs> when I read it last. It was so long ago. Okay. But I, I just remember the things he was saying about 
like the Queen of England and stuff that just just astonishing things that blew my mind and it just intrigued me. And just the, the, the way to look at the world differently than we're taught to look at the world is, is kind of what I took from it, at least at the time. I should definitely reread that now that you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now I'll be honest with you. I found this on your interview that you have listed on Smashwords. My self-interview. <laughs> your self-interview. Yeah, I found that interesting. And like I said, I like to go through and take little notes and notations. Now, you do have um, a few other books here that you say that you're favorite. I'm just trying to find a little bit more about you, where your interests lie. So you have Give a Boy a Gun, mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, uh, Tupac's Journal, 1984, of course, and Brave New World. Now, if you had to pick only just one of those books, which would be your favorite? Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Give a Boy a Gun by Todd Stracer. I might be saying his name wrong. But just for nostalgic reasons, I read that in junior high. And I Uh I make a point to read it once every few years. But it, it made me like reading. No other book really made me care about reading until that one. Okay. And why is that? I thought it was kind of cool how what he did was he took a a very tragic situation, albeit, but he took that and he decided to put every character getting their own perspective. And I, I just thought it was really, but not in like a bad way, not like a convoluted, like I'm lost <laughs> kind of way, but in like a way right. I could totally understand. Right. Okay. I can't understand that. Okay. So with all the paths you've traveled with your passions as a writer and tell me the other few that you got listed, the few other career paths that you chose that kind of linger with the rhymes and the words. Oh yes. Being an MC. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, that is uh, first and foremost my main talent. That will always be my best personal talent, and I've done that for over a decade. So that's kind of that'll always be the number one thing about me. <laughs> okay. Well, want me just to say how I started or anything, or <laughs> a little bit? I wanted a little bit more detail about that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, um, I've always been a fan of old school and some underground hip hop. I, I hate mainstream rap and I, I hate everybody after the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And but basically I was such a fan. I said, man, I want to be one, but you know, everybody says that. And so I said to myself, ev- even at a young age, if I can't do it well, then I'll just quit. And then I'll just continue being an audience member and listen. Right. But when I started really writing down rhymes, really working on learning figurative language and how to do things like write paradoxes, illusions, entendres, metaphors, and all sorts of things. I, I, I said, whoa, okay, I'm doing great. <laughs> and then I decided that's going to keep being my thing. And then it developed into also being a freestyle MC, which is the art of impromptu uh, off the top performing where you just keep a rap going. And a lot of people say they do that, but I say, here's the difference. Anybody can rhyme anybody, but it takes 
a master to actually rap. Okay. So an MC, I mean, you're playing, you're playing, it's kind of my, is it kind of like a DJ in the sense for clubs? Unfortunately, no, I wouldn't say that. Okay. That would, I'd probably be more famous that way though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I'd ask. <laughs> no, it's just making, writing a verse, showing it off to your friends. I mean, that's how it starts. Uh-huh. And then it's put it on online and then show people, and I tell people, criticize me, you know, look at my lyrics, really, really look at them, read them, you can see exactly what I'm doing, and you might miss something, something could go over your head, and you see how I type in the lyrics, and I put them in parentheses for multiple meanings, and you Uh go, oh, I didn't even notice that, I didn't even peep that when he said it, very spoken word style, and then freestyling is another big thing, of course, because Anybody can rhyme, but when I'm really putting compound syllable rhyming together and just creating stories out of thin air seamlessly, and I can do that all the time and I put it online and stuff, that's the type of thing that I like to show, you know, showing my talent. Right. Okay. So when you're emceeing, does that go along with your YouTube channel? Would you consider that? Okay. So you're showcasing what your MC is. That's a perfect way to put it, actually. Yes. Showcase. All right. Okay. Now I'm following you. I'm following you now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're only a few minutes over, but I want to ask you one more final question. All right. Um, Okay. So as you followed your passions, your MC and letting the hip hop music move you along, um, tell me one one chosen path that you've always been back, even as a writer before that, something creatively bound that you've wanted to do and still haven't, but you just might. Oh, yes. Okay, that is 100%. And I'm a perfectionist, so I don't know when this will ever happen. But 100%, I plan on making this book series, The World's Worst Protected murder detective series into an actual full-blown film. Oh, okay. Cause that would be, that would be awesome. I would love to see people I know in it, random people, people I don't know acting in it. And I just, I would love to show it cause it's, it's showing courtroom stuff, detective stuff in a, in a new light that's never been done before. That's very interesting. Well, I want to thank you very much adam for being on the show tonight no thank Um, you (laughs) well it's my pleasure it was a joy to have you on i want to thank our um audience for coming in um every time we have one of these shows it really means a lot i thank you so much i wish you guys a wonderful evening Stay tuned to next Tuesday. We're going to have a little bit of a special treat. We're going to have two authors in one interview. And we just might do a little special something extra for Facebook. So uh, please stay tuned. Have a great evening, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye-bye for now.